1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. I'm going to take a side journey tonight on uh, Anniversary Sunday. I mentioned that uh, there's an anointing here for prosperity. There's an anointing here for paying stuff off. And you may as well get in on that. And uh, so I want to deal with that from a practical perspective. We're we're in this Wednesday night series on faith and prayer. And... uh, But not everything's spiritual. Tell your neighbor, not everything is spiritual. So I want to deal with what I consider to be a widespread misconception among charismatics, Pentecostals, and faith people. And I want to deal with a concept you probably heard referred to as debt cancellation. Debt cancellation to me is one of those topics charismatics, Pentecostals, and faith people use to avoid taking action on the Word of God. Now, let me rehearse this. Now, the difference here is that when you go elsewhere and you hear faith, you will typically hear faith taught on one rail. Believe, confess, pretty much that's it. Believe and confess, you know, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, and I'm for all that. But what I'm for more is what works. So, typically faith is taught on one rail. Well, here at Faith Christian Center, all of these 37 years, we have taught faith on two rails. And the second rail is character and James 1.22, being a doer of the Word of God, which to me is hand-in-hand with character. I, I could stand here from now until midnight and tell story after story about ministers that God blessed seemingly too quickly, and they were shipwrecked. And then lay people that God blessed seemingly too quickly and they were shipwrecked. And uh, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be like that. I'm in Second uh, Chronicles now. I'm doing the, the Bible reading quicker because I'm going to try and do it twice this year. But God loves Solomon. And God blessed him more than God had ever blessed any man. But God must have come to regret it because after Solomon died, God never mentioned his name one time. But he mentioned David over and over and over and over and over. For the sake of my servant David, such and such a king had a heart like David, but he never mentioned Solomon again. So, 
It's not just a matter of having faith and believing God. There's something else going on, and it's character. And then I tie that together with uh, James 1.22, being a doer of the Word of God. So I'm saying debt cancellation to me is one of those topics charismatics, Pentecostal, and faith people use to avoid taking action on the Word of God. The Word of God teaches that God will bless your work, not your idleness, your work, not your good intentions, your work. God has promised to bless your work, Deuteronomy 8.18. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. King James says the power to get it, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. Prosperity is not the covenant. Prosperity is a sign telling you that you're on the right road. I mean, you've heard me use this illustration a thousand times. But if you're going to a family reunion and uh, you leave here and you're headed to Oklahoma City and you get out an hour and a half and you see a sign that says Houston is 200 miles away, you are on what? You're on the wrong road. So prosperity is a sign. And if we're doing Christianity correctly, we ought to be pulling ahead in life. Jesus said, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have that life more abundantly. So if I'm doing this correctly, now I'm not saying we're going to make monster, gargantuan progress every year, but we ought to make progress every year. Some years are better than others. To deny that is to be a liar. But we ought to be making progress. If we're doing Christianity correctly, we ought to be making progress. So, it's a sign. Say it out loud. Prosperity is not the covenant. Prosperity is a sign on the road telling me I'm headed in the right direction. Now, of course, you gotta, you got to bring character into that because if you're, if you're getting that prosperity by lying and cheating and stealing, well, see, now you got another problem. Can you see that? And, and, and two, when you, when you get prosperity that way, it'll be short-lived because you're going to get caught and it's going to catch up with you. Psalm 1.1, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Uh, we got to... We got to 2 Chronicles 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20 the other night, and I kept telling Sue to read this, texting Austin, and so finally Sue got a Bible out. She was following along with me. Reading through quickly, quicker than I ever have, it is amazing how many times marriages wreck people. In the Bible, I mean, for example, Solomon's son, he, he was hardly king of all of Israel five minutes, and he, he behaved himself stupidly, and the kingdom got divided. And over and over and over, the Bible points out his mother was an Ammonite. His mother was an Ammonite. His mother was an Ammonite. What in the world business did Solomon have marrying an Ammonite? Now, according to the law of Moses, they were not permitted to marry outside Israel, but culturally, they didn't even marry outside their tribe. 
but his first wife was an Egyptian. And he knew exactly what he was doing. Oh my gosh, don't, don't get me on this tonight, Holy Spirit of God. Well, I didn't know. They, you know exactly what you're doing because later in his life, actually it's not later in his life, the Bible points out, so first second Kings, first second Chronicles are great because they come at the exact same topics from different angles, different authors. But in Second Chronicles, it points out that one of the reasons he set about to build a palace separate from the one his father had was the one his father had was in the stronghold called the city of David, and he couldn't have his Egyptian wife in the city of David because the Ark of the Covenant had been there, and so the city of David was holy, so he couldn't take his old Egyptian wife in there. So if he knew that, he knew exactly what he was doing. And then Jehoshaphat, we got to Jehoshaphat. You know, he was a godly king. And it's the only example I found in the Bible of a godly king raising a godly king. Asa was a godly king and he raised Jehoshaphat. Only one I found or know of. And Jehoshaphat, right out of the chute, marries his son off to the daughter of Ahab, if I remember right. And Ahab was like the wickedest king in all of the history of the northern ten tribes of Israel. And, and then God's mad at him for a while, but you know, he's doing good, doing good, doing good. So God comes back and starts blessing him. And then he gets into a military alignment, a, alliance with the king of Israel. And now he comes back under the judgment of God. It's amazing. Say alliances. alliances. Say it again, alliances. alliances. And what is the biggest alliance in life? It's marriage. Now, if you're here and you married a rotten tomato, you're in it. So I'm really talking to the single folk. Amen. But you know, man, I, I, I get through this. I told Austin, I said, I'm smarter than Solomon. I said, you're smarter than Solomon. You know, we didn't go marry some Egyptian broad. <laughs> I don't care how, I don't care. Well, he was the wisest man that ever was. Are you kidding me? I'm smarter than that. Right? Alliances. Say it again. Alliances. Alliances. All right. So if you're married, that's done. So now you have to watch other alliances. Business partners. Who you go into business with. Uh, who you go on vacation with. Alliances will mess you up. Alliances will mess you up. We've seen that in the last couple of months. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers or connect on social media to crazy people. <laughs> but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Say it out loud. Whatever he does prospers. He does Say it again. Whatever he does prospers. And then Deuteronomy 15.10, give generously to him and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, 
the Lord your God will bless you in all your work, bless you in all your work, and in everything you put your hand to. Say it out loud. The Lord my God will bless me in all of my work and everything I put my hand to. Now, now you might be here this evening, and maybe you're Egyptian. But see, I'm not slamming you because if you're here at Faith Christian Center on a Wednesday night, you're Egyptian. Why would you be here on a, on a rainy Wednesday night at Faith Christian Center unless you're born again? Well, now you have new genetics, new background, new DNA, new everything. Do you understand? I'm talking about going out here and connecting to some unsaved person. And just because somebody goes to church, look, Dad Hagen used to say, just because you hang out in the garage doesn't make you a Chevrolet. And just because somebody hangs out in church doesn't make them a Christian. And Jesus taught that we are to go by what? Their fruit. Now, again, I'm talking to the single people. Because if you're married, you know, you got to cope. Deuteronomy 28.1, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. Verse 8, the Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. Somebody's saying in your, in your thought life, in your mind right now, well, every scripture you gave us is Old Testament, to which I would respond, well, maybe that's what is wrong with Christians because maybe Christians don't pay attention to the writings of God's natural children through Abraham, and maybe that's why God's natural children through Abraham pull ahead because guess what? They pay attention to the Old Testament. And every scripture we read isn't, doesn't have, isn't about your salvation. It's not about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's not about going to heaven. Every scripture we read is about God blessing the work of your hands. So it's a character issue. To me, it's a character issue. You show me a man that works and a man that believes God and doesn't work, and the man who works is going to pull ahead of the guy who believes God and doesn't work. So it's not just a faith thing. Amen? There's more to it than that. So if we will be doers of the word, we will walk in what Kenneth Hagin used to call the fruit of the word. If you need a miracle, as I said, anniversary Sunday, you've got to be a doer of the word of God. First, the written word of God, and then the second, the spoken word of God. Any rhema Christos from the Holy Spirit. Our level of blessing in this life is dependent on how much of the word we believe, confess, and take action upon. Our level of blessing in this life is dependent on how much of the word we believe, confess, and take action on. James 1.22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving or deluding your own selves. NIV says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Let me ask you this. If you are, if you are self-deceived, would it make it easier or harder for the devil to deceive you? Easier. So if you're self-deceived, you've set yourself up to actually be deceived by the devil quicker. Isaiah 119, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the lamb. In the living Bible, it says, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. In verses 19 and 20 in the NIV, not just 19, but 20, if you are willing and obedient, then you will eat the best from the land. But if you resist and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. All right, I'm going to tell you three stories, 
three stories. The first one you heard two weeks ago. So at, when we started with all this land and this building and the land across the road, we owed $12.1 million. By the time we got to the December 31st of 2017, that was down to $5.27 million. So Faith Christian Center was 56% paid off. We had paid the principal down $6.8 million. In January of 2018, the Lord told me to stop fooling around and get Faith Christian Center paid off. Then he gave me a strategy on how Sue and I could personally give a million dollars, and that's above and beyond our regular challenge offering giving to help get Faith Christian Center paid off. And he told me how to do it. He gave me a strategy, told me how to do it without it costing us anything. And when, when Austin stands up and does the offering, we're over $800,000 on that, and that hasn't cost us anything. Well, I was very hopeful we could get Faith Christian Center paid off in 2018, but we didn't. Are you listening to me? Ask your neighbor. Are you listening to this man? <laughs> See, I was, we had men on the stage. Big push. And I was very hopeful we could get Faith Christian Center paid off in 2018, but we didn't. And at the end of 2018, we had the debt paid down to $3.6 million. And then I was very hopeful we could get Faith Christian Center paid off in 2019, but we didn't. At the end of 2019, we still owed $2.1 million. Well, of course, by Thanksgiving of 2020, it was paid off. So like Fred Price used to say, just keep on keeping on, or like Jesus said, never give up. Luke 18, 1, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Now, paying all this off, we call this a miracle. Tell your neighbor, it was a miracle. Tell the neighbor on the other side, it is a miracle. See, we call it a miracle. We call it a miracle. But... Was it debt cancellation? See, we call it a miracle, but was it debt cancellation? I mean, did the, did the bank call us and say, we lost your note? You know, we have a lady banker. Did she call us and say, I, I took your note out of the bank and my dog ate it? See, it was a miracle, but was it debt cancellation? See, you have no idea, some of you do, you have no idea how blessed you are because you could sit in 19 out of 20 houses of worship and the guy could have his ministry paid off and not care whether you had your house paid off. But I'm the guy, and I think... Well, if, if God blessed us enough to get the church paid off, well, the same God, we got the same God, same Bible, same Holy Spirit. Why can't we just believe God and get all these houses paid off? Are you with me? But my point is, are you going to get there naming it, claiming it, blabbing it, grabbing it? 1999. See, I was thinking about this. This is terrible to admit. I've lived through 12 presidents. I've lived through one-fourth of the presidents of the United States. I've been alive long enough. I've been alive through one-fourth of the history of the United States. It's crazy. But in 1999, if I called the name, everybody would know the name. One of these famous faith guys taught 
that because of Y2K, the banks were going to lose track of everybody's mortgage. Let's believe God for debt. Can- Supernatural. Debt- and then did one of those proclamations. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that uh, come January 1st, uh, they're going to lose track of everybody's mortgage and, and led the co- congregate. And, and so people were coming to ask me about that. I said, look, I don't care about Y2K. I said, I, I told everybody that asked me, I don't care if they have to use a pencil and a roll of toilet paper. They're going to calculate how much money you owe them. They are not going to lose track of nothing. It's really sad. It's really sad. So from the, okay, so we call this a miracle, and it is. But was it really debt cancellation? Now brace yourself, because I'm going to get offensive. From December 31st, 2017 until now, Sue and I put $1.1 million into the challenge offering above and beyond tithes. Now, when you look at the slide here in a few minutes, the slide will say $800,000. But that million-dollar commitment we made, we made not just above and beyond the tithe. We made that commitment above and beyond our regular challenge offering giving. So... When you see that number up there, that is our number above and beyond our regular challenge offering giving. So from December 31st, 2017, Sue and I have put above and beyond the tithe $1.1 million into the challenge offering. From December 31st, 2017 until now, another family has put $376,000 into the challenge offering above and beyond the tithe. Another family put $331,000 in the challenge offerings above and beyond the tithes. Another family put $156,000 into the challenge offerings above and beyond the tithes. Another family put $135,000 into the challenge offerings above and beyond the tithes. Another family put $106,000 into the challenge offerings above and beyond the tithes. And another family, immigrants from Africa, You see, this is why, you know, when Mr. White Boy comes up to me out in the fellowship atrium and says, you know, I don't believe that, uh, I can't do that, uh, you know, you you don't know who you're talking to. Because I'm not not a pastor at 287 Eden Road, I'm a pastor to the world. I mean, every Sunday we got the world in here. And so here's another family, immigrants from Africa. And they put $102,000 in the challenge offering since December 31st, 2017. Now, you can call that debt cancellation if you want to, but I'd call it sacrifice. I'd call it dedication. I'd call it commitment. And I would call it taking action on the word of God. You understand what I'm saying? You can call it you you can call it a banana split. I don't care what you call it. But I wouldn't call it 
supernatural debt cancellation, I would call it sacrifice, dedication, commitment, and taking action on the Word of God. Because not just Gene and Sue, these are big numbers. And those families don't have that money. See, actually, I'd call it a heck of a lot of work. Because, and, and you know, I mean, Sue and I have investment income, but anybody calls, who calls investment income unearned income doesn't know what the heck they, they're talking about, and they've never made any money uh, in investments because I'm telling you, the stress, the pressure, the study, the reading, all of it, uh, it's work. Actually, it'd be easier to go get a night shift job at Winn-Dixie because at least then you don't have to be stressed about, you know, what's going up, what's coming down, and what, when to buy and when to sell and all of that. It's stressful. Right. Story number two. April 1991, we bought a house. We borrowed uh, $325,000 on the house. And uh, now the house we had before that, I had gone to work prepaying, but I didn't get too far down the road because this other house came up. I'm not going to tell the story. It'd take 20 minutes. It was, it was God. It was, it was a Rama Christos. It was a house a banker had built. You can't relate to this. 1991, America had never really come up out of the recession yet from the stock market crash in 1987. So this banker built this house for himself and then got transferred and he listed it for sale. He couldn't sell it. The bank he worked for bought it from him. They listed it for sale at a lower price. They couldn't sell it. They had just changed agents and relisted it at a lower price. We went in there and made them a ridiculous offer and they came back not that high over ridiculous. So anyway, we were in it light. So in other words, without paying that other house off, we sold that house, moved into this one because it's what we wanted. The Lord showed me where it was. It was a God deal. Brand, brand spank a new house and bought it. We probably bought it 100,000 light. And uh, so we started at 325. But now, now, now I'm committed, man. Now I'm committed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that illustration Fred Price used in his message, June of 1988, the other side of signs and wonders. And man, we're going to pay this thing off. And so what I did is every time I had an extra $500 or $1,000 cross my hand, I'd send it. I think in those days we were using a mortgage company. If it was under $500, I wouldn't mess with it. But if I, if I came across an extra $500 or $1,000, I'd send it. And, and you would think, man, you would think that, that you could really make some monster progress. But eight years and eight months went by. And then what was on my mind in a matter of prayer, man, I'm believing. See, I'm naming it, claiming it, blabbing it, grabbing it. I'm believing God. I'm confessing. The, I'm doing everything I know to do. Now, I didn't know as much about prayer then as I do now. But still... I was praying about it to get it paid off before the new millennium. That was the goal. Before January 1, 2000, I wanted to have that thing paid off. 
but doing everything I could do. I mean, I'm not one of those guys that's not going to pay the credit cards or not going to pay for vacation and then put that money somewhere else. In other words, I'm staying current on everything else, and then on top of that, I'm doing everything I can to work on getting this house paid off. But I get to December of 1999. My goal was to have it paid off December of 1999. I get to December of 1999, and we owe $75,000. I mean, everything I could do. We owed $75,000. Eight years and eight months I've been working on this, and we owed $75,000. We didn't have a theater room in those days. I'm sitting in a, in a bedroom upstairs where we had you know, a couple of uh, recliners and a TV and a DVD player and a satellite hookup, and I'm up there one evening, and the phone rings, and I had the phone with me, and it was Sue's dad. And, and this is the guy that would give me a C-note. Remember him? Uh, your birthday C-note, your anniversary C-note, and the dude never heard of inflation. So in 1976, it was a C-note for my birthday, and we get to 1999, you know, and I had just gotten the C-note in the mail for my birthday. And, you know, I mean, that's just what it was. And so, uh, but he calls, and, and he says, uh, hey, we, we decided to give you $75,000 for Christmas. <laughs> I said, that'll work. <laughs> and then I told the Lord, I shouldn't even tell this, but I, I, I believe in full disclosure and honesty on money. I told the Lord, I said, look, I'm going to do something a little different here. I am going to use all 75 of that. I'm going to pay this house off because that was my goal. And it might take me until January, February, or March to get you the tithe. But I said, I'm going to get you the tithe, but I'm going to pay this house off because that was my goal. And I did, and I did, and I, I, I did. So, okay. But was that supernatural debt cancellation? Do you understand? Eight years and eight months I worked on that. Eight years and eight months. Every time an extra $500 or $1,000 crossed my hand, I'd send it against that house. Now, you say, well, it was at the end. I like John Osteen's explanation better. John Osteen used to teach this, and this is really good stuff. John Osteen used to teach this. Leave no stone unturned. And, and with your body, same thing. With your money, same thing. With your marriage, same thing. Here's what he used to teach. Do everything you can do in your strength and your power and your ability. Do everything you can do. Leave no stone unturned. And when you get to the limit of what you can do, then you stand there and you believe God. Amen. You see that? I mean, this is like losing weight. What would be the point of me blabbing it, grabbing it, naming it, claiming it, you know, to be at my perfect weight? Because I'm telling you, I'm teaching you, but I can multitask. So I'm thinking about what I'd really like to do is drive up and get a pizza on the way home tonight. <laughs> but I'm not doing it because I'm working on this other thing. You understand? In other words, there's no point in naming it, claiming it, blabbing it, grabbing it, and taking a contradictory action. And I learned this from one of my fathers in the faith, John Osteen. Do everything you can do in the natural. Do everything you can do in your power. Get right up to the line of what you can do and then believe God. So that's what we did on that house. 
I did everything, I, eight years and eight months. I mean, I was working on it. And then a story of a man in the church. He, he, uh, they actually put their boys in what was Cathedral Christian Academy, which is now St. Paul's Preparatory Academy. And through that, they got to meet some people in the church. And through that, they visited on a Sunday. And through that, they, they walked the aisle and got saved. And uh, he was driving to the note cars. They were living in an apartment. He owed uh, the IRS $300,000. And you understand, if you don't pay your taxes... They come along then and they add penalties and interest and it just grows. And then the next year, if you don't pay your taxes, so anyway, it was $300,000. And we were doing a challenge offering back then. I don't remember what for. I think it was to put the roof on Bud Sickler's church. We're doing a challenge offering back then. And all they had in the world was $3,000 that they had cash in the apartment to hide from the IRS because if you put money in a bank account, they'll sweep it and they'll take it. So they owed $300,000 they had $3,000 cash, and they felt in their hearts, then they came into agreement, let's just give it all. I mean, you know, we're totally messed up. We're driving to the note cars. We got the IRS on us. Uh, what'd they have to lose? See, the reason some of y'all can't be crazy is you're evaluating what you got to lose. And the attitude... The reason we don't have a billionaire yet at Faith Christian Center is you don't have the mindset of David. The mindset of David is, this all came from your hand anyway. See? So literally, this is what gives Gene and Sue the ability to, to do the Babe Ruth every time. Swing for the fences. Because... It all came from him in the first place. Amen. I mean, I, I didn't get it through my genius. And so, we just don't evaluate risk on our giving. So they decided to give it all. What did they have to lose? $3,000. When, you know, you owe the IRS $300,000. Well, they gave the $3,000, and then in the course of time, the IRS said, well, we'll take $30,000, and that's a great deal. That's 10 cents on the dollar. The only problem was these folks didn't have $30,000, and then the man's father said, I'll give you the $30,000 because that'll make that debt go away, and you can start over fresh, and so then the man's father gave him $30,000, gave that to the IRS, so the $300,000 debt went away. But let me ask you, was that supernatural debt cancellation? See, because somebody had to pray. Somebody had to hear the Holy Spirit of God. And then actually, without even knowing it, the procedure they used was from Oral Roberts' book, The Miracle of Seed Faith. Because they gave a specific amount targeted for a desired result. And now they didn't know any of that, but they did it. See, this is, the, this is why people leave so much blessing on the table. They leave so much money on the table. There's no telling how far anybody could get down the road if they would simply 
be led by the Holy Spirit of God. The beautiful thing about being led by the Holy Spirit of God, you don't even have to understand the doctrine. You don't have to understand the theology. You don't even have to understand how it works. If you will hear God and do what God says, you'll get the result, even if you don't understand it. There are things in our lives, and in real time, we had no idea why they worked. We just thought, man, this is great. This is cool. But as we have learned over the years, we look back and we think, oh, well, it was this principle or it was that principle. Does that make sense? But when you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, you don't even have to understand how it's working or why it's working. Now, in all three of these stories, was it taking action or was it some freebie miracle from God that got the job done? Talk to me. In all three of these stories that I've told you, was it taking action or was it some kind of freebie miracle from God that got the job done? So, you know, we call this a miracle, getting all this paid off, and it is. But, you know, if somebody came up to me and said, you know, well, that was just supernatural debt cancellation, I might punch him. Because, <laughs> I mean, man, it was a heck of a lot of work. And it took three years or it took 35 months. And you ask my wife, you ask my son, I was totally and completely focused. You can't be doing snipe hunts and rabbit chases and believe God for big things. You, you got to focus like a laser. And brothers and sisters in Christ, what's going on in Washington and what all that stuff there's nobody here who has any ability to change anything. And as far as I'm concerned, is Satan trying to get you focused on stuff that won't help you. You need to go to work tomorrow and you need to be focused on your business and you need to be focused on your family and you need to be focused on making money for your family and you need to be focused on your goals and you need to be focused on your dreams because you know what? Evil people are just going to do what evil people do. And there's no solution. Not until God, Jesus comes back and kills them all. That's, that's what the day of the Lord is. If you, know, if you read the Bible, if you do the annual Bible reading, oh, the Lord would never do that. Man, the blood is going to flow to the horse's bridle. And probably in Washington, D.C., the, 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 the blood's going to flow to the second story of the buildings. Because he's going to kill them and start fresh in the millennial reign. If we will be doers of the word, that's it. If we will be doers of the word, we will walk in what Kenneth Hagin used to call the fruit of the word. Now, why did I do this tonight? Because I don't want you to have any misconception. I don't know how much you owe on your house, but I would imagine it's a little bit more than what you're going to spend on lunch tomorrow. So in other words, it's going to take a little focus. It's maybe take some work. It might take some consistency. It might take some stick-to-itiveness. It might take some self-reliance. 
industry, all these old-fashioned words nobody talks about anymore. Amen. Amen. And then I'll tell you, there's a dirty little secret to all of it that we don't, we don't talk about much because I don't, I don't want to get into anybody's business, but I do talk about it in the weeks of increase. And I got this from John Osteen. You cannot just go buy everything your little old BDI see. And so any church this size with this income would probably have two or three times the employees we have. We run a, we run a lean ship. And we just don't, we, we, you've heard me say this, we'll give money and we'll spend money, but what do we not do? We don't waste money. And uh, we, we don't spend money friv- friv- frivolously. Is that right? Friv- frivolously. And, uh, and then at, in our home, I mean, somebody could look at my garage now and think, you know, that man, that dude's crazy. But see, that's not the way we were living back then. That house that it took eight years and eight months to pay off, it was in that time frame we bought our first brand new car. And the only reason we bought a brand new car was because uh, the used car Sue was driving got totaled by a kid, 15-year-old kid that rear-ended her and hit that car so hard it totaled it. It was a used Audi. So we were, we were operating frugally. We were operating frugally. See, that's focus. That's focus. That's focus. And you got to be focused. Because, and then too, maybe, maybe you need to practice. How about getting a credit card paid off? See, in other words, if people are going to name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, you know, thank you, Father God. Pastor Gene says, you know, I, the same anointing that's on Faith Christian Center is on me. So, you know, thank you, Father God. My house will be paid off by the end of 2021. Well, you need to prove that out on a credit card. Prove that out. And the problem is, you know, we used to have a guy that was a member here, and every year, every, every Sunday for years, he put in a prayer request that we would be in agreement for him to get his credit cards paid off. And uh, sometimes I see these weddings and I think, oh my gosh, how long are these people going to be paying for this wedding? And, and 10, 15 years of this, believe God with me to get, get my credit cards paid off. And I was in a champion builder group and he told the story that he still owed every nickel that he put on a credit card for his wedding. And it had been 10, 15 years. And see, if, if, you're, paying, if you're paying those people 18% or whatever it is now, 15%, and you're paying on 10 or 15 grand for 10 or 15 years, you owe your soul to the company store. So... You know, I'd focus. I'd get. To, I'd pick a credit card, man. I just. I'd focus. I'd believe God. I'd sow a seed. I'd get that Oral Roberts book, The Miracle of Seed Faith. I'd. I'd ask the Holy Spirit, how much you want me to sow as a seed, and believe you to get this. And then don't buy everything your little old beady eyes see. 
Yeah, but pastor, you do. See, Pastor Sue says, my problem is I make it look easy. You have to understand, I was 35 years old before I even bought a new car. But I'm not 35 anymore. I'm 65. Last, uh, it was about a year ago, it was about a year ago, See, if, if I want to do what I'm preaching tonight, I, I can't be going running around with Austin because this is what gets me in trouble. So he says, you know, let's go to lunch. Well, I didn't know. Now there's a trip to a car dealership, and I see this car, and I think, oh, my gosh, that is just the coolest thing. But I was not impressed. I said, well, let me drive it. And I drove it, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't. I, this is faster than my Ferrari was. And I, I said, you know, put my name on it. You know, I'll, I'll come back and get this. I didn't have a checkbook with me. And, uh, but I couldn't stop. See, it had been so long since I bought a car, I couldn't stop. Before 30 days were over, I'd bought three cars. <laughs> it's like eating popcorn. I just couldn't stop. But you understand, I'm not 35. I've been doing this a while. I've been racking up the blessing of the Lord for a while. So you, you can't say, well, pastor does this, pastor does that, so I'm going to go do that. Can't do that. Amen. Amen. There's a car I want right now, but where would I drive it? Where would I drive any car? There's nowhere to go. And I'm tired of driving. I like to fly. Sue says, my problem is I make it look easy. Look, the only reason I make it look easy is because I've been doing what I teach you for decades. That's the only reason it's easy. Do you, ever, do you want to get to a place in life where it's easy? Yes. Talk to me. Do you want to get to a place in life where it's easy? Yes. Well, you got to get up tomorrow morning and you got to focus like a laser and you got to stop doing snipe hunts and you got to stop caring about what everybody's doing, you know, on social media. You got you to you focus on your dreams, your goals, your visions. And stop lending your brother-in-law money and all of that. We've been trained. We're going to get into this Sunday. We've been trained to give into need. There's no power in giving into need. The power is in giving into the anointing. The power is in giving into the anointing. That's why Judas criticized the woman for breaking the alabaster jar of perfume and anointing the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, this is a waste. This money could have been given to the poor. John's gospel says he wasn't worried about the poor. He was, a, he was the treasurer and he was a thief. He used to help himself to the money out of the bag. And then Jesus said, the poor you'll always have with you. You know as well as I do. It doesn't matter how much you help them. They're, they're poor next week, next month, next year. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't help them. We do help them. But, but you, have to, you have to get your family's needs met. You've got to get your family's needs met. You've got to get your family's needs met. Do you understand? And then any giving to the poor, that's got to be after the tithe. My problem is I want you, I want you to be blessed. I want your life to be as fulfilling as mine has been. 
It'd be fine with me if we could raise up a billionaire or two. I think, I think that would just be great. Amen. Amen. We had a young evangelist come and visit us at I-30. He, was, he didn't speak for us. I think it was when the Ramus singers and band were with us, and he, he was a visitor. And then he must have come a separate time because we went to lunch with us, which was odd looking back on it. But he had an interesting story. He was a Ramus student, or he had just graduated, Ramus Bible Training Center. But he, w- he had an interesting story because he was raised Jewish, and he got saved. So he had a whole different background. And his father, apparently, I'm not sure what the terminology is in a synagogue, but his father had been on the board of a synagogue. So he he told me things that, I mean, it just enlightened me. And he said they did a building project once. His father was sitting in the room, sitting at the table, and I don't remember how many million dollars it was, and, and his father sitting at this table with this board of trustees or whatever they call it at a synagogue. And, uh, and they were discussed. The, the rabbi wanted to know, uh, should we hire an outside consulting firm to come in and do fundraising? Should we do this? Should we do that? How should we approach this? And I don't remember how many million dollars it was. And one of the men on the board uh, spoke up and he said, look, he said, it's not that much money. Why should we bother the people with it? He said, I'll give X. And then another guy said, well, I'll give X. And another guy said, well, if you're giving X, you know, because they're, unlike Christian folk, they're competitive. <laughs> and sitting there at that table, they, they raised the money and they never even had to borrow, they never even had to bother the people for the money. That'd be nice. I could deal with that. But my point is, And you know, I'm not knocking faith. I'm a faith guy. I'm a faith guy from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. But a lot of this that you see on social media, a lot of this that's on Christian TV is used by charismatics, Pentecostals, and faith people to avoid taking action on the Word of God because God has promised to bless all the work of your hands. And in all three of those stories, one thing you'll see in common in all three of those stories, as we began. See, what did they used to say before everybody got brainwashed in public schools? Beginning is half done. See, I can tell when that came out of my mouth, nobody's ever heard that before. (laughs) Beginning is half done. So if you start, if you just start, and then if you stay focused and you, you work at it, and like, like me in December of 2018, I, I thought we could get it paid off in 2018, but we didn't. So what did I do? Just stay with it. Like Fred Price used to say, just keep on keeping on. And then we get a year later, December of 2019, and I was hoping it'd be paid off, believing God. I mean, I'm out there stomping around every day, believing God, praying, confessing, didn't get it paid off. What do you do? Just stay with it. Luke 18, 1, just stay with it. Just stay with it. Just keep on keeping on. Just stay with it. Amen? And be, be relentless. Be relentless. Be relentless. I paid off four houses. I'm working on 
two more, and then I got another one coming up. I know what I'm talking about. You're so blessed you don't even know it. Because a lot of these people, man, they're just talking out of their hat. I know what I'm talking about, and I know what it takes to pay a house off. It's not like paying off a credit card or a car. It's a bigger deal. But you can do it. Turn, tell your neighbor, you can do it. You can do it. So having heard this message, what are you going to do before the month's out? You're going to send the minimum payment? Hey, man, just do easy stuff. First, you know, round, round your automatic payment up to the nearest 100 or the nearest 500 or the nearest 250 or whatever. Uh, just round it up. You know, you know, if your payment is $1,392.71, is that what you're sending them? least you can do is round it up, right? And stop buying all that stuff on Amazon. I like what Dave Ramsey says. We buy stuff we don't need, and we buy stuff we can't afford to impress people we don't like. Amen. Now, Father, I pray for these wonderful, beautiful people, and that's exactly what they are, Father God. They are wonderful, and they are beautiful, and they're yours. They don't belong to me. They're yours, and I pray for them, Father God, and I pray for them this way. I pray that the same anointing for abundance and prosperity that is on me, the same anointing for abundance and prosperity that is on this church will be on them, and it ought to be, Father God, because they're a part of this church. But I pray for them also, Father God, that you would give them, that you would put within them a spirit of relentlessness and show them, Father God, by your spirit, show them, teach them, lead them, guide them, and show them how they must conduct themselves so that they can get a credit card paid off, get all the credit cards paid off, get a car paid off, get all the cars paid off, get that house paid off, and get totally and completely free. Show them how to do it, Father God, because I know as much as I love them, you love them more. And I believe, Father God, what you told me years, it's not that been that many years back, but you told me, Father God, get it all paid off and leave a good testimony. And that's what we intend to do. Tell your neighbor, get it all paid off, all paid off. and leave a good testimony. Good testimony. See, we, we, don't want, we don't want the rapture to happen and the government to come in here and then get into all of our individual stuff and say, well, these people owed so much money. They must have pulled a Jim Jones and gone off to the jungles of South America to escape. <laughs> See, we, we don't want that. We want them when they come in here, because you understand they're not going to miss you. And just like the Nazis, when they got rid of the Jews... Within days after the rapture, you know what they're going to want? They're going to want your stuff. And so when they get into to the Faith Christian Center stuff and they get into your stuff, we want to leave a good testimony. We, we, want, we want the sinners and the people that don't know God to think, well, these people obviously didn't run off to the jungles of South America and hide because they had all this stuff, they had all these assets, and they didn't know anybody anything. They can't be hiding. They must be gone. And if you're in the situation I'm in, it doesn't matter how relentless I am, 
doesn't matter how careful I am, uh, doesn't matter <laughs> what action I take, I, I can't get there by December 31st. But I can. Because I just said I can. Amen. And God says I can. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Amen. Lift up your hands and say, thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. I, can I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Me the strength. See, I remember David Yonge Cho saying, are you going to walk by the computer or are you going to walk by the Spirit of God? Because if you're like me, man, I can open up a spreadsheet and I can look and I can analyze it and I can do scenarios and all of that. But let me tell you what, you can't pay stuff off like that. You've got to be led by the Spirit of God. And the Lord will show you how. And then as you start, as you start, as you start, as you start, as you take action, God will bless the work of your hands. And then stuff just starts to happen. Blessings just start to flow. Money that you weren't counting on just shows up. Things begin to happen. Who knows? Your phone might ring. And the $100 guy might really be a blessing to you. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.